Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Deuteronomy chapter 9, Deuteronomy chapter 9, if you'll grab your copy of God's Word, and if you will follow along, we'll have it on the screens, but I want to preach a word and speak a word to you this morning about victory by grace. Victory by grace. I'm, I'm really convinced that a lot of people, a lot of Christians have what I'm going to call not a wrong understanding of grace, but an incomplete understanding of grace. So if, if you think of a, let me explain it like this. If you think of a rocket ship, um, a rocket ship intrinsically knows if a rocket ship has feelings and mental capacities and emotions and all of those things. Like, seriously, if a rocket ship is crying, seriously, right, Pastor Steve, that, that it knows... It knows there's no way I'm getting off the ground without, without thrusters, without boosters. The, I didn't do all the research on that, but the Earth's gravitational pull, um, you know, even, even on your best day, you can barely get net anymore. And you used to be able to touch rim, but you can't even get net anymore. So you, under, you understand, <laughs> turn to the person next to you, you say, I understand gravity. There's a lot there, isn't there? And I'm just going to keep on moving. But <laughs> like gravity's a thing. <laughs> and uh, gravitational, like things, all, things always want to pull you down. So, so like, and, there, and then there's Earth's atmosphere. Like you got to have, everything's pulling you down. And then you got to have that breakthrough to get out of Earth's atmosphere. And so to, to, make that, to make that thrust against gravity and to make that thrust out of Earth's atmosphere where it can begin to, the rocket can begin to orbit uh, in outer space. It needs those rocket boosters, but it only needs those rocket boosters for a set amount of time. It only needs those rocket boosters to give it lift out of the gravity, to give it lift through the Earth's atmosphere. And then the rocket boosters, the thrusters, they're not needed anymore, so they just fall off and fall to the ground. And honestly, unfortunately, I think that's the way a lot of Christians have viewed grace in their lives, is that they have an understanding and they realize for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. They understand for the wages of sin is death and that no man comes to the Father except through Christ Jesus. And they understand that. So the gravitational pull of sin, that's a, that's a real thing and, and uh, the breakthrough that they need. And so they need God's grace for salvation. But thank you, God, that I'm saved, and then they allow grace to leave their life, right? Like, grace isn't just, here's, here's what I want you to understand this morning. Uh, grace isn't just saving grace. Grace is sustaining grace. And grace isn't just sustaining grace. Grace is a victory grace. And, and so, like, I want to ask ourselves a tough question this morning. Is your appreciation of God's grace... In your life this morning, is it greater than it's ever been? Or was your, is your appreciation of God's grace in your life, was it like really high when you first got saved and you were just so thankful for the grace of God, but now you've kind of taken on this, this, and you didn't even mean to. It's not like, I don't think that any of us were just like, I'm 
God, I'm so done with your grace, and I'm going to walk away from your grace. I don't believe that's anybody's attitude, but it's almost like, okay, I'm saved now, and so thanks for that grace that saved me, and I'm just going to allow grace to fall out of my life. And I want to, I want to rediscover grace this morning. I want to rediscover God has grace for you today, not just to save you, but to allow you and to help you walk through every area of your life. So I want to talk about victory by grace. And this is found in Deuteronomy chapter 9, Deuteronomy chapter 9, all of this series that God's word for us this year is that we fully occupy our territory because we can be delivered out of sin and never cross over into our destiny, but we can also cross over into our destiny and never fully occupy, and that's what the Israelites did. They delayed their destiny for 40 years, but they finally crossed over the Jordan River into their destiny, but they never fully occupied. They never fully stepped into their destiny, and God doesn't want you to just dabble in destiny. God doesn't want you to just get a, get a taste of something. God doesn't give you an appetizer to then yank that out from under you and say that you're never going to taste that this side of heaven. We're going to fully step into that. And I feel like my assignment specifically during the second half of this series is to unleash faith within you. To unleash faith, that God has occupied faith that he has placed in you, that he wants that to come bursting out of you So Deuteronomy chapter 9, and we'll begin uh, reading at verse 1. Listen, O Israel, today you are about to cross over the Jordan River to take over. And I, and I love that because I love that your crossover leads to takeover. And that may sound a little bit arrogant, and that may sound a little bit selfish, but, but it's not. And i got to pause here because... I just got to tell you, there is a philosophy and a narrative that's making its way around our world that is, I, I think it's destructive. And this is not, please hear me, this is not a political statement. This is not an economic statement. This is not a social statement, although it has great economic and political and social consequences. College students, 20-somethings, please especially lean into this because this is the gospel that is being preached at many of our colleges and many of our universities. And here it is. Here it is. And it seems subtle, but you got you to understand this because it's, it's destructive at its core. This is what is being said. If something is big and large and powerful and strong, then it's evil. Have you, have you heard this? So if a company is big and large and powerful and strong, then that company's evil. If a nation is big and large and strong and powerful, then that's evil. Can I, can I tell you that's, that's philosophically wrong to the core? What, what, if, what makes something evil? If it's evil, right? So, size and strength and power in and of themselves are, they're amoral. Right? And so if you have something that at its core is evil when it's little, then when it gets big, it's going to be evil. But if you have something that is intrinsically good at its core, then when it gets big, and I'm just telling you that society is saying distrust, the, distrust big things. If it's big, it's bad. They must have done something wrong to become a big company. They ran over people. No, may, maybe God blessed them. Like may, maybe it's God's faith. So let's look, instead of listening to what everybody else is saying, can we go to the Bible? 
So, so the, Bible, the Bible says this in Genesis 12. It says there's two I will statements and then there's a you will statement. Genesis 12 verse 2, God says, I will, say I will. I will make you into a great nation. And I will, now we understand that this is not, America is not the new Israel, the church is the new Israel, so understand this is not nationalistic, but the principle is the same. So I will make you into the great nation, and it says I will bless you and make you famous, and you will, say you will, you will be a blessing to others, two I wills and a you will. And if you have the I wills without the you will, you'll be messed up. But if you have the you will without the I wills, you'll be messed up. So if you have the I wills, if God blesses something and he makes it great and he gives it power, but they don't use that to bless others, then it becomes greedy. Do you, see, do you see that? However, if on the other side, if you have the you will without the I will, then you have the heart to help somebody without the means to help them. So I, I knew this business uh, uh, manager of a business. And when he, was, uh, when he was younger, he went to an elementary school and it was a under-resourced elementary school. And he told all of these elementary school students, hey, if you get to graduation and if you graduate I'll pay for your I'll pay for your college like I'll take care of all of it we'll fast forward and the newspapers ran these headlines and it was out there and and, and the, the, they were these kids worked hard and many of them many of them graduated and they got to college or they got to the end of their high school career and so they called this businessman and the businessman did not have the resources to pay for their college education Okay, maybe I didn't know this person personally. It was Michael Scott. But, but, there, but, but, it ha but it happened, or it could have happened. Like, he had the heart to help these kids, but he didn't have the resources to help them. And, and, so, and so if somebody is to help somebody else, if somebody offers, if somebody walks up to you and says, I'm going to take care of your education, I'm going to take care of your grandkids, I'm going to take care of your future, you don't have to worry about that, that's fan and, the, and you say something like, that's fantastic, like, uh, how, how much do you have? And they say, well, like, in, in everything, my 401k, my, my savings, everything, yeah, yeah, like, how, how much, I just want to be wise, I want to, you know, start thinking, should, what kind of college should we be thinking about for, for our children and our grandchildren? And if they tell you they have $10, then they have the heart to help you, but not the resources to help. And I'm telling you that this is a destructive, unbiblical philosophy to its core. Big and strong are not evil. Evil is evil. And so we fight evil with the power of God. But if God has blessed something, then let it be blessed. We are blessed. The Bible says that we are blessed to be a blessing. And so one of the ways that the enemy may be coming at you this morning is saying, don't step into that blessing. Don't get bigger. Don't get stronger. Don't get more powerful because then you'll become edy, e evil and greedy and corrupt. And that's not true. We got to stay humble. We got to stay on our faces before God. We got to continue to be a blessing. We got to continue to give. We got to live outrageously generous lives, but allow God to bless you so that you will be a blessing. Uh, how to get victory by grace. Write these three things down this morning. 
Here's how to operate in this, in this flow. Number one, have an impossible dream. Have an impossible dream. So then Moses goes on to tell the Israelites as they're getting ready to step into this Occupy that the land belonging to the nations is much greater and more powerful than you. And they live in cities with walls that reach to the sky and the people are strong and tall. I don't think that Moses read Vince Lombardi's motivational speeches before he gathered the Israelites. Like something says that Moses didn't watch Braveheart before he stepped into this moment. This is not exactly inspiring, is it? So so Moses steps before the Israelites and he says, guys, uh, uh, let's let's look at the facts. Let's look at the facts. The facts are that you don't stand a chance against these people. You know, like if your soccer coach is telling you that, hey, guys, we're getting ready to go out on the field. Um, uh, so I watched, my, my boy played soccer this year, and he had a fun time. I watched more soccer this year than I have in my entire life. And I don't know much about soccer. I can help him with other things, but I don't know a whole lot about soccer. But, like, if the coach is, if the coach is saying, like, go out there, you're half the size of the other team, they're twice as fast as you, uh, you're probably going to get hurt uh, you may tear your meniscus in your knee, but like, go ahead, get out, get out there, guys. Let's have fun. It's not exactly motivating, right? And this is what Moses, Moses is saying, guys, here's the facts, and the facts are not in your favor. I, I wonder who I'm preaching this to this morning, that you are facing some facts in your life that are not favorable. But can I, te- can I tell you this morning, don't be afraid of the facts some, some of us may think, well, if I, if I look at the facts as facts, then I don't have faith. No, Moses, Moses was calling the people eventually to faith, but he, but he looked at the facts. He looked at the facts. Here's what you've got to understand about the facts. Though the facts are the facts, the facts don't define your future. The facts, the facts give context to your future, but they don't define your future. Here's what Jim Collins said in his book, Good to Great, and I think Jim Collins may have read Deuteronomy. Jim Collins said, confront the brutal facts without losing hope. And can I, can I tell you that those two are combined? So a hope that has not confronted the brutal facts is called a wish. And you can't live, you can't call it hope when you're ignoring the reality that your marriage is really in trouble. You can't can't help your teenager out of their rebellion if you refuse to acknowledge there's a problem. You can't address the situation with the coworker at work if you're just uh, skipping on rainbows and unicorns every day when there's all kinds of junk. Ignoring the situation is not going to help. So you, on the one hand, you have to confront the brutal facts. On the other side, if you're just living in the facts and allowing the facts to define your future, then you'll lose hope. And what God wants to call us to is a faith. Listen, your faith is bigger than your facts. You don't need to be afraid of the facts. That doctor's report is real. The rebellion is real. The the number, I hate to tell you this, the numbers in your uh, bank account, those are real. Like those aren't, 
Well, I don't know how I feel about, no, it's nothing about your feel. Like you have a certain amount in your bank account. That's a, that's a fact. But don't be afraid to face those facts. In fact, in fact, what do, what do they tell us that a lot of times that people won't change until, until what? Until they hit rock bottom. And maybe the reason that you haven't catapulted into true change in your life is that you have not come to grips with the facts. You got you to gotta fa- you gotta face it this morning. You got to call it what? It's addiction. It's, a di- it's not a, oh, I messed up here. No, this is an addiction. Call it what it is. We live in a society that is afraid to call stuff sin. It's sin. And it will send you to hell. And if you don't confront that fact, then you won't get better. That's why, that's why we live in this Jesus. That, yeah, you serve Jesus. That's fine. I, go ahead. I bless you to serve Jesus. You send up prayers and I'll send up thoughts. Right? You can think about it all day, and that might be a, a nicety to post on social media. It, it isn't going to change anything. Prayer, prayer changes a lot. We have to confront the facts while not allowing them to define who we are. And by the way, if your facts are taunting you this morning, then you ought to celebrate because it may be because that is God calling you to do something that is impossible. So, so if you ask this morning, well, I'm facing a situation, how do I know, or, or I've got a dream in my heart, or I've got something that's stirring into my heart, how do I know if it's me or if it's God? You ever, you ever dealt with that? Like, how do I know taking this job? Is it me or is it God? Pursuing this, is it me or is it God? I got something in my, I got a thought. Is it me or is it God? Is it me? Well, here's, there are many ways to uh, determine that, but here's one way. If you have the resources to accomplish it in your own strength and power, it may be you. But if you don't have the resources, if you don't have the connections, if you don't have, if you don't have the, it may be God because God will always call you to tackle things in life that are beyond your ability. So if the facts are against you, just start allowing hope to rise within you this morning. That my God is greater than these things. Number two, number two, stop living by what other people post (laughs) on social media. You say, oh, pastor, you're being cute with that this morning. No, I'm being biblical. Look Look at this verse. So this verse, this verse says this, you've heard the saying. In other words, this was the YouTube video that was going viral in Israel. This was the tweet that had been retweeted 5,216 times. There was a saying, you've heard, you've heard the saying, who can stand up to the Anakites? In, the, in this culture, they had these little popular catchphrases. And, and here's what I found is that if you listen to something long enough, you'll believe that it's true. Um, advertisers know this, right? Like Geico knows that. (laughs) Geico knows that you really believe that in 15 minutes, (laughs) 
Now, that may be true. I'm not mad at Geico. Coca-Cola believes, advertisers believe, believe this. This is the core. Let me, let, me, let me show this to you this way. How many of you were children of the 80s and grew up uh, going trick-or-treating in the 80s? Or you went to Hallelujah Night at church or whatever, however that wove, wove in. I'm not going to get into all of that, but you grow up. So every, ch every child and every parent in the 80s knew like they knew, they knew hospitals opened up their x-ray labs. Do you, rem you remember this? Because, because don't go, don't go. I know, I know your neighbor was a nice, she was an 80-year-old sweet lady that went to church and a grandmother. But on Halloween, I bet she slipped some razor blades in the candy. <laughs> Right, that was going, like this, this was real, it was an epidemic, like razor blade, hospitals, doctor's offices, open up, bring your, bring your candy in, x-ray it. You took out your, your Snickers bar uh, at 11 p.m. on Halloween night and your mama ran across the room, tackled you, like was just going through your candy, where, where are the razor, where are the razor blades? Here's the, here's the thing. They started researching this. You know how many instances of razor blades and Halloween candy that they discovered in the history of the United States of America? Exactly zero. <laughs> and if you grew up in the 80s, you're, you're like, oh, no, no, like, like I was, no, zero. Z zero, zero. They never, ever found a razor blade in the candy. But here's what I know, and here's what, here's what I know about how the devil is working in your life. Because if you repeat something long enough, you start to believe it. And here's what the enemy is doing to some of you this morning. He's putting the lie on a loop. He's putting a lie on the loop, and the enemy is a, he, this is what he does, and so he'll put the lie on the loop. He'll say things like, the kid in your house, he hasn't rebelled up to this point in his life. He's a really good kid, but next year, next year, I bet he'll go through a rebellious streak next year. And your doctor gave you a good report, but the enemy's in your head, and the lie is being put on the loop. I bet the doctor messed up. I bet he misread the x-ray. I bet you really have the thing that he didn't say that you had, and you the lie will be in the loop and and the hey that anxiety that made its way into your life five years ago I bet it's going to come back I know you haven't faced it in four years but I bet it's going to come back how many of you found that that's the way the enemy works he understands this and he'll drop something and he'll put that lie and that lie and so you have facts you have facts say facts and then you have feelings say feelings and here's what the enemy does. The facts are real, but he'll take your feelings and he'll elevate your feelings even above the facts. So your feelings about now, now I'm a mess. Now, I, you haven't eaten a Butterfingers in 15 years because you're paranoid. You go ahead. You go ahead and eat the butt. Pastor, you preached against junk food last week. Yeah, but this is, I'm preaching about grace this week. The enemy will work that way. He'll put the lie on the loop. 
who put the and then and then what and then so you've heard the saying you've heard the saying that's the Israelites lived in fear and negativity because they were listening to the popular sayings spread among among the populace and then here will give you a little more insight into this um, they were they were sayings about the descendants the Bible goes on to say the descendants of the famous they were fam they were famous Anakite giants because if somebody's famous what they're saying must be true somebody's can I can I say this this morning I don't care about their athletic success or I don't care if it's an actor or a scientist or a CEO or somebody that made eight million dollars playing Fortnite and putting it on YouTube I don't care how famous they are just because somebody is famous and just because somebody has a platform doesn't mean they're telling you the truth don't you don't you live your marriage by the Hollywood star that's been divorced five times. I'm not mad at them. I hope their next marriage is a success. I hope they find Jesus. But we got to stop living our lives based on famous people and live them according to the word of God. I don't care how famous they are. Here's a final thought this morning. How do we have victory by grace? Have faith to believe that your takeover is a result of God's crossover. Have faith to believe that your takeover is the result of God's crossover. So you've, again, you've got the facts, and the facts aren't good, and the facts are real. And then you've got your feelings about the facts but there's another, there's another level. There's another layer. Here's where 90, I, I bet, I didn't research this. This is guess. I'm, this is your pastor guessing. I bet 90% of people live their lives based on those two things. The facts and their feelings about the facts. But if you will add faith that equation, you will access and be able to live at a higher and greater level than a lot of other people around you. Because here's what faith does. Faith, faith doesn't ignore reality, but faith believes in a higher reality. So it's not that the medical diagnosis is not true. It's just that God can heal it. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.